Happy birthday, Spencer and Pat. This is episode 76 of the Early Show Later podcast. Are these levels good, Jeremy? I feel like people have messed with them too much. Okay, great. Uh, so, yeah, welcome to episode 76 of our podcast. I'm Karis. I'm Jeremy. And today on the podcast, happy birthday, Spencer and Pat. Uh, we'll be wishing... Uh, both of those people a happy birthday and there were actually a lot of listeners were getting in touch with us today saying that their children also had birthdays today if november 30th is your birthday happy birthday to you and only you november 29th no december 1st hell no but today november 30th happy birthday to you so we're going to be talking today, obviously, about, uh, well, happy birthday, Spencer. We'll also be talking about Pat, a show, uh, sorry. Or like a sketch. A character, yes, from Saturday Night Live from the early 90s. It was a different time. It really was. So we've got that on the program. Also, uh, talking about um, a mom doing something wild. She was giving birth, and she did something that very few people actually do when they're giving birth. Right? Uh, yeah, I it's think, surprising. Uh, I think, yeah, if you're a woman, you're going to be like, what? If you're a man who is partnered up with a woman who's given birth, you're going to be like, what? Yeah. And then and then we'll all go, what? Together, Together like, what? did that what? even happen? And you're going to share this story with your friends and family, and they're going to be like, what? You know, it's going to be one it, of those stories. It'll just, it'll, yeah, it's, it'll, it's contagious. Ger- German Renaissance art showing up in the program. <laughs> yeah. People so, are texting in. They said they wanted more German Renaissance art chat on the show. Yeah, so we'll see what we can do. But we'll right. start here with the it's podcast not, today. And it's not our specialty. But we'll, <laughs> no, but we've got we'll a little bit it of it out. sprinkled in here today. Mo I'm here was supposed to be on the show, but Zig when I should have zagged and we didn't save his call. Uh, so Mo had some takes. And you can oh. check it out on, on Vancouver's Awesome, his uh, editorial on tokenism. That's right. But let's start off the podcast today talking about being stuck in a snowed-in pub with oh, a yeah, cover band. Go. Debate club. Let's yeah. go. How's this for a wild story? In northern England, uh, a bunch of people showed up to a pub and, uh, you know, they went to go see an Oasis cover band called Noasis. And there was a blizzard. It just dropped snow, an incredible amount of snow on this uh, pub in this kind of rural area outside of, I don't know, Yorkshire or something. I can't remember the name of the town. Um, And so, yeah, Yorkshire, England. Dumped a ton of snow. So now they're trapped in this pub. For three days, they arrive Friday night to see Noasis and Oasis cover band. And then it dumps snow and they're trapped there till Monday morning with an Oasis cover band. And I think, oh, would that be awesome? Or would that be your personal hell of all <laughs> bands to be trapped? You're not even trapped with Oasis. You're trapped with an Oasis cover, cover band. band. So then it's like, they said for the most part, it was pretty festive. 
They enjoyed roast dinners every night. Yeah, because uh, you're at the pub, right? You're at the pub. They did run out of sausages partway through, but Not- for the most part, the, they said they were fed. Yeah. There was beer. There was an Oasis cover band every night. And from Friday, Saturday, Sunday into Monday morning, uh, I don't know how many people, but quite a few were trapped in this pub. Does that sound like awesome or like your personal hell? I, whew, I think when it comes to being trapped somewhere in a snowstorm, I I think that's pretty awesome. I wonder where the people slept. <laughs> well, I wonder if it was like medieval style where you just like drank until you passed out and then yes. just like right on the floor of the bar. Probably. But then also if you're in an oldie English style pub, they've got probably, you know, those like brown padded wooden seats and stuff you know, like oh, booths. Yeah. maybe they have more of the sort of the old style comfy booth you could like get drunk and curl up and slump over in one of those you know and you've been eating your bangers and mash and chugging your beers and then you've you know you've got wonder wall on repeat i mean what more do you need i just feel like you'd be stuck in that meme of acoustic guitar guy being like, hey, and now Wonderwall. And I'd be like, oh, my God. I mean, Groundhog Day. This is every day. I'm in a, I'm in a winter storm with a bunch of Oasis fans. Oh, my God. And then I've got this guy playing Wonderwall on repeat for days. Oh, I think it could be worse. Imagine if it was an ABBA cover, cover band. I think Oasis is way better. See the Fernando. Yeah. Can you imagine? in the air that night. The st- that sounds amazing. Fernando. Fernando. Right? So you'd rather an ABBA cover band for three days than an Oasis cover band <laughs> well, actually, for three if days. You're going, we're going either or Oasis or ABBA cover band. Yeah, you know what? I think there's more to explore with ABBA than with Oasis. Oh, <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, Oasis. I, I know with my daughter, she's going through an Oasis kick right now. She'd be like, this is incredible. I think I'd be most interested in maybe being stuck in the pub if it was like a... Um, Silent yoga retreat. I could be all right. Just kind of chill out. Oh, that's oh, too boring. That's too boring, Jeremy. No. Having a beer, crackling fire. Tell the guy with the acoustic guitar to smash it in the corner and be like, no more. No more Wonderwall. No, no. Bring on Fernando. Speed is of the essence. My second child. It's Spencer's birthday today. Happy birthday! Happy birthday, Spencer! He's probably not awake, right? Probably now. no. He uh, probably, he's probably still in bed. That's <laughs> my guess. Um, but he turns eight whole years old today, and I still feel like his birth happened yesterday. I mean, I remember it that vividly. It was such a thing. It's such a such a huge experience to go through, and I'm so glad now that my kids are old enough. To be able to talk to them about their birth and they can actually, you know, they can kind of get it like they can appreciate it with you. And I can tell them the things that happened and the looks on their face is like, whoa, really? That's what happened? <laughs> and and then, you know, sometimes it's sort of like it can, it can get kind of serious and then other times it gets hilarious because, you know, I mean, bodily functions are generally pretty entertaining, especially when wild and wonderful things like birth are happening. And so I'm so glad now that he's at the age where I can tell him about, you know, the morning before he was born, I was trying to walk around the block with his older brother, who was not even two at the time, and my husband, and I couldn't even make it around the block. I was so pregnant. He was so huge. 
And I remember I got halfway around the block and I just bent over and I practically crawled home. And I thought this probably looks really ridiculous, like a giant pregnant person because I was so like he was massive inside of me. And I'm like crawling on the ground trying to get back to our house. Danny's trying to like lift me and and Oscar, like my older guy at the same time. Anyway, it was quite a scene. And then, you know, lo and behold, he shot out of me like a T-shirt being shot out of a T-shirt cannon at a Canucks game. (laughs) And, you know, and there he was. Well, Karis, your uh, birth story of your second child, uh, Spencer, was very good this morning. Felt like a T-shirt cannon just came very quickly for you. You went for a walk. Yeah, or early in the that morning, you he went was for born, a walk around the block. Exactly, he was born at night, but in the morning, I went for a walk around the block. You I couldn't, couldn't, I couldn't, couldn't make it. I no. had to crawl. I practically had to crawl no. the other half of the the way because he, I was, he was very heavy and he was pulling me down. Yeah, I would never judge you as a man, but I could see other women judging you not being able to make it around the block. <laughs> yeah, when I was like ten months pregnant, for sure. To me, that sounds extraordinary. <laughs> but now I'm learning that that. Women are very powerful. Women and are. some yes, yes. can bike ride themselves to the hospital an hour before they give birth. Not once, but twice. Who is riding a bike to the hospital <laughs> right? to give birth? Calm down, mom. Flexing on every single person on the planet. This member of parliament from New Zealand, she's in the Green Party. She bike rides everywhere. Irre- Sorry, that's not a word. Regardless. Irregardless is a word. Regardless of circumstance. Um... She, uh, on her first child, rode herself to the hospital on on her bike, gave birth, whatever. I guess not to be outdone, was like, let's do it again. <laughs> it's two o'clock in the morning. She's like, ah, oh, my contractions aren't that bad, but bad enough to go to the hospital. It's two in the morning. Hops on her bike, got a helmet on. It's got the lights blinking. Bike rides to the hospital. An hour later, baby's here. Wow. I mean, I'm, cannon, I'm, right? that's exactly it. Like my second was like a T-shirt cannon. And I don't I mean, for me, I was being driven to the hospital and it was like I was doing the leg cross. I was trying to keep him from being born in the back of the car. So I that mean, gets you in the news as well. Exactly. Riding your bike or totally. the side of the highway. So, I mean, I'm surprised that she didn't have to ditch her bike halfway and give birth at, like at the side of the road. Well, like, I mean, yeah, her bike probably has a little basket in the front yeah just boom baby out couple swaddle it in a blanket into and then, the basket and then r- ride on to the hospital and be like hey can you just check us out thanks Got another wild story of the found treasure karis i love these stories so much yes what is this dinosaur bones more <laughs> dinosaur bones no, this Jeremy. one is a rare art this is a good one okay so uh, we heard modern space doing pen to paper on 1027 the peak uh there's a story here of a guy who went to uh, like an estate sale and uh, bought like an old like a sketch it's not even a painting or a picture it's like a looks like a draft can estate sales i just one moment to appreciate estate sales i don't know if you've ever i've very, i think i've been to one I never, before i want to go to all of them i now. know i want to go to all of them and not even just because maybe i can find something that's worth way more than i thought it was but it's just a very cool experience to go through some strangers things and in a lot of cases they're very old things you know they're things that were built back when things were built very well and uh and and you know it's kind of funky and cool and you're like oh wow look at this like 
you know, this toaster that was made in 1940 and it's actually like it still works and it's really high quality. I I just get off on that kind of stuff. Now you've triggered me because I just read an article that was like why toasters made in the 1940s are awesome. Right. Uh, Right. That's a whole other story. That'll get me going. That that was an article as well that came out. Okay. So speaking of very old things. Yes. This sketch, they believe dates back to the 1500s. What? So they're in Boston. It's the estate sale. Guy comes up to the estate sales, the two daughters running the estate sale. He's like, yeah, I'll take the sketch. The two daughters joke like, oh, my God, you want to buy this dumb sketch? They joke. It's an, like, I'm going to say the guy's name wrong. Albrecht Dürer, who is a famous German Renaissance artist. And they thought it was like a fake or a reproduction of one of his most famous paintings. So they laugh about it. Like, you want this, like janky version of this classic painting. And what does it look like? Sure, bud. And they give it to him. It's the Virgin Mary holding toddler Jesus. Okay. And it looks awesome. It's like, even if it did, without the religious context, it just looks like a mom holding a baby. 1500 right. style. You've okay. seen 1500s paintings, right? Yeah. Everything's cheruby and, you know, I want to pinch his little cheek. You know? Yep. It looks great. And then if you're religious, you're like, this is awesome, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if you are a Christian, you'd be like, this would be a cool thing to have. Okay, so... That's what the painting looks like. Yep. The sketch is just like the Virgin Mary holding the baby Jesus and just looks like a mom holding a baby and it's black and white. It's a drawing. And it's got his very famous AD monogram on it. That's how he um, did his pictures and paintings back in this, like his key period of making art. So he buys it for $30. He's like, sweet. Some super artist, wizard, detective, Tom Hanks from Da Vinci Code, Here's the rumors that there is, in fact, a, uh, I'm going to say his name wrong. I'm sorry. Albrecht Dürer uh, art somewhere in America and is able to track down this sketch that this guy bought for, for $30. And is like, this sketch is the draft of that very famous iconic painting. And not only that, but is the first of its kind from this artist discovered since the 1970s. There's been no new art discovered from this guy that's not in a collection since the 1970s. So he's like, whoa, what do these things go for? They're like, well, the last time one of these draft sketches from a Renaissance-era artist sold an auction, it was a Raphael, which we've heard the name, right? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yep. It sold for like $48 million, and that was <gasps> years ago. So they're like $50 million conservatively. Oh. The art world, like Pokemon cards has and Bitcoin, has gone up bananas during the pandemic and they're like 50 million maybe could be more and it's a draft of a painting a guy bought at a garage sale for 30 dollars is he going to sell it did he say he is yeah okay it's currently on display right now in london i would keep it but you know everyone else would probably sell it (laughs) you know i'd be like can i photocopy it and then I'll sell it. I'll and then I'll sell it. it. And then I'll yes, sell it. Yes, yes. Or I'll take a picture and I'll make a NFT of it for yep. myself. Mm-hmm. And then I'll uh, sell it fifty million conservative. It could be worth more. Wow. Okay. So, but now, what is the toaster worth? Oh, we're gonna have to go on the Antiques Roadshow to find that out. Okay. Uh, Jeremy uh, got my period the other day. Oh, right on. You can. Do you want to hit the awkward topic thing? Do you want to hit awkward I don't know. topic? Do you feel weird? I don't feel weird. No. 
No, I don't feel weird about saying that I got my period the other day. All right. Doesn't feel weird for me. Okay. okay. I also don't have your period. So. <laughs> no, so good. Good for you, Jeremy. <laughs> Consider yourself lucky that you I don't know, have a period. Every day, every day I wake up and be like, ah. Uh, so, yeah. So, I, I don't feel awkward about it. So, if you don't feel awkward about it, then let's not hit awkward topic. I could hit it if you want. Let's just hit it just so we know what it sounds like. Awkward topic. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was really loud. <laughs> I was not expecting that. Anyway, so I don't feel really awkward about it. Um, I was just noticing that whenever I get my period every month, because, oh, you know, I just I get used to not having it. And I just get to that comfortable point of, th- of forgetting <laughs> about it when it hits you again. You're like, oh. Damn it. Right. There it is. I guess that's what's interesting to me as a not period having person is that you do get, you you get a low where you're just like, oh, life is ticking along. Yep. And then every month you're like, this has happened to me since you were a child. And yet every time it just. (laughs) Every time it's like, oh God, right. (laughs) That again. Oh, geez. And every time (laughs) I get it, I realize that I say, I mutter this thing to myself. I say to myself as this shows up and I'm kind of, you know, horrifically surprised. Oh, it's that time of the month again. Bills. What's that from? That's Pat from SNL. Oh, whoa, deep cut. Yeah, and I do it every time. I'm like, oh, it's that time of the month again. <laughs> Bills. <laughs> every every time. And I maybe it kind of comforts me somehow. I I loved Pat. Yeah. I thought Pat was a really great character. And I know there are some things, but Pat was a character who really was kind of a first in the non-binary world. You For know, sure. In, in popular culture. And I think there were problematic there were things that were potentially problematic with the For way sure. that pat was presented um but the style of comedy at that time was like let us punch on non-gendered people like that was the jokes usually kind of landed there but yeah i think just having a character like that maybe in the on a mainstream tv show is exactly and it and pat had a really cool way because the characters around pat on snl this was in the early 90s the characters around Pat were trying, constantly trying to figure out what gender is Pat. And Pat was non-gendered. And so they would ask questions, leading questions, trying to figure, you know, trying to figure oh, it yes. out. Oh, yes. Okay, I remember. They, yeah. yeah. So so in this scene, it's Pat's birthday and friends are asking Pat questions. <laughs> well, well, Pat, would you say you were more like your mother or your father? I'm a perfect combination of both. <laughs> Pat, did your parents give you anything for your birthday? Oh, I'm sure they'll give me the usual clothes from the Gap. <laughs> <laughs> that was so early 90s, too. And then this part, the, I, I really like this part, actually, from that same scene, is they're singing Pat Happy Birthday. And they're, and again, the friends are like, is it Pat? She is Pat. He, we don't know. And back then there was no they option. And, uh, and so then, you know, it was just a kind of a nice happy birthday at the end. For he, she, she's a jolly good person. For Pat's a jolly good person. For Pat's a jolly good person. Which nobody can deny. Look at that in the early 90s. They figured it out. Pat, Pat, we love you. Good ending with the clapping? Yes. Very nice. This would just be the end of the show from now. Just clapping for Pat. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yay, Pat. We love you. 
We love you, Pat. And and also, I do love, as we were just going reliving our program from today, <laughs> the idea of being very pregnant, pregnant to the point where you're about to give birth and then being on a bicycle as the baby is, you know, potentially crowning out of your body, <laughs> you know, and the head is like jamming into the bicycle seat. <laughs> like, what? Come on. You know, babies are born sometimes with the cone head or a baby might be born with a little puck from where they suction the baby out. Your baby's born with like a banana shaped head from the shape of the bike seat. It's kind of plunging the baby back up there. Oh, my God. Oh, no, you know, like you can't feel your <laughs> nether region sometimes after a long bike ride. Maybe it was soothing. For That's right. Maybe this maybe this politician in New Zealand who went to the hospital by herself, essentially while giving birth on her bike. At two uh, in the morning. At two in the morning. You know, maybe wow. she was just numbing her nether regions. So she was going to be prepared for the birth. And I don't we didn't hammer this enough when we were live on the radio. That was her second time she has done this stunt, basically. Yeah. I don't know all the particulars of the first time other than she rode a bike. I don't know if it was at 2 in the morning, an hour before she gave birth. But the, but that was the second time she's like, oh, time to give birth and got on her bicycle. <laughs> and, that's, and, I mean, that's incredible. That's amazing. That, I that mean, we're that, laughing, but that's incredible but that she incredible did that. But it's incredible that you could – I mean, I remember being at that point because that's how close I was to giving birth to Spencer as I was en route to the hospital in the back of a car. Someone else was driving. Yeah, yeah. Um, my husband was driving. Yep. And um, and I remember, like, the contractions were so fierce. Yeah, like, you? That, yeah, like, there's no way I would have been able to stay on the bike. Like, I was having those kind of contractions where you surrender to the ground. Like, no, the ground pulls you down. Earlier. Yes. You had to be carried home. Yes. Like, the ground was just pulling me down. And I remember <laughs> those final contractions in the last hour and a half with Spencer. It was just like, I was... I fell to my knees and I was I was holding on to the ground. That's all I could hold on to as I tried to not explode with human. Like it was just insane. It was so powerful. So I don't know how you ride a bike in that situation. Is there something true to the idea or the thought that those strong contractions and it being your second child led to the the faster delivery? Oh yes. Is that a thing? Oh yeah, for sure. I, I think once you once you have one your body... Uh, you've broken the seal. Yeah, you've broken the seal. And so all of those muscles are a little looser. Yeah, just they like the know, pee comes out when you giggle. Yeah, like they know what to do. Your body is knows better what is happening and what to do. And your brain knows a little bit better what's happening and what to do. And yeah, and all the muscles have just been loosened once. So it just means that the process can be a lot faster. And typically, I mean, not with everything, obviously. There's nothing standard in birth. I mean... Yeah, it every, every every time is different is for everybody. Different, yeah, it's a yeah. different adventure every time. But in a lot of cases, number two is a lot faster. And I just heard this with the, the contractions, I guess. Like you were really feeling it. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, then the baby, like it was yeah. all really intense. Exactly. Very, yeah. And then are you ever just like, Danny, stop making me laugh. I, the <laughs> baby might come out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, stop making me laugh so much. I'm, <laughs> I pe- I'm, oops, peed a little. Oops, baby fell out. <laughs> oh, no. There's Get the bike right. I, you know, I wonder if, you know, going back to the New Zealand member of parliament riding your bike, you know, Green Party as well. I love that she's just on brand. You know, oh, yeah. so completely. Yeah. 
I wonder if it'll ever, you know, you know, it's like eat spicy food, have sex, go for a walk, right? All the, old, you know, uh, folk tales, folklore of like how to speed it along. I mean, I don't think there's any proven method other than like drugs, but um, I wonder if we'll add like. Hit the stationary bike. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get going on the bike. Just be careful that if you start giving birth while on the bike, your baby will be born with a banana-shaped <laughs> head. A banana-shaped, bicycle seat-shaped head. So. Yeah, you got one of those fancy bike seats, you know, with like the air grooves and stuff cut out. Your baby's head is just this weird amalgamation of shit. Oh, my God. We can talk about this all day. Uh, what did your baby's head look like? Text the show. Uh, you can always uh, tweet at us. That's probably the best way when it's a podcast because you're listening wherever you're listening, whenever you're listening, somewhere in the world. And uh, Twitter's probably the best way to get at us. At Karis Hogg, C-H-A-R-I-S-H-O-G-G. A lot of people were texting Karis to, today to be like, it's my kid's birthday today too. Only November 30th. Yep. Don't come at us with <laughs> November 29th or J- December 1st. Only tweet at Karis if also your child's celebrating birthday on November 30th. And uh, I'm at Jeremy underscore Baker. Are we going to crowdsource, crowdfund, do a DAO, a DAO, and are we going to try to buy this German Renaissance sketch for $50 million and change? Ooh, I think that's, we should do it. It's a tall order. $50 million plus is going to be take People a People do it, it's though. There was this story on the internet. We never talked about it on the radio show because it doesn't really matter that much, but I just found it interesting. Was like, and it's just a way that we all organizing on the internet now to just to do crazy things. They call these things like DAOs, D-A-O. I don't know fully what they mean. It's part of the crypto bro world. I don't fully un- understand it. But what they wanted to do is they wanted to get a bunch of bros together to buy a, a like a vintage copy of the U.S. Constitution was going up for auction. And then these guys were like, let's all pool our money and buy this, um, you know, original document. document. Which is worth millions, right? It was worth, like, I can't remember what it went for at auction, but it, like millions. Yeah, and I mean, and I understand the historical significance, but I mean, quite frankly, it's it's a problematic document. But, you know, whatever. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. I'm, well, I think, you know, in principle, it's just like, yeah. you know, all people are free. And you're just like, oh, yeah, it's it would like, have been oh, nice it's... if you actually believed it. Exactly. Okay, but cool. yeah, let's not anyway, get into that. No. We'll fight about <laughs> that with U.S. constitutional lawyers. <laughs> the point is, you understand, right? It's a, it is a famous document. Yes. And two Americans, they take that stuff seriously. Yes, yes. So yes, it yes. sells for so much money to rich old people that, you know, care about s- smoke a lot of cigars and owning stuff. expensive things. Right. These guys were like, no, let's buy because it it's a constitution. It's for the people, by the people. Let's buy it using crypto. It was a big thing. They raised a ton of money. They lost in the auction. I don't care about them. LOL. You guys lost. And then it turned into a whole, it was called, I think, Constitution Dow or Constitution DOA or DAO. But we could do the same thing for this German Renaissance art. Let's use our power for good instead of evil crypto bros and buy German Renaissance art. And then I think the way the DAOs work is uh, for every coin you have or whatever, that's a vote you get to say on what you don't you don't have a fractional ownership of the thing. You just get votes of what you're going to do with the thing. Yeah. Like, I mean, what and what would we do with it? Well, I think we would probably we display it. But like, do we display it in the trophy case of my high school or your high school? For example, (laughs) who has more coins gets to say, Uh. do we put it in the new vag? Oh. Right? They mm. need something cool. How about a 1500 sketch? Maybe. 
your German heritage. Right. We do the right thing and we return it because that's what we should be doing. All art and relics should be returned yeah. to where they're from. Yeah. So there's a German artist. Maybe it needs to go back to Germany. Yeah. Whatever. We'll deal with that after we buy it. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> let's, let's cross that bridge when we get there because we're certainly going to get there. <laughs> let's not worry about that now. $50 million. <laughs> Yeah. All right, stupid. We've talked stupid, about this stupid, stupid podcast. has gone on way too long. Okay. Uh, Let's let people get on with their days. Exactly, or their nights, or whenever you're listening to this thing. Uh, we appreciate you finding the podcast. We appreciate you finding our radio program on 102.7 The Peak in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, online at thepeak.fm, and around the world on uh, Instagram as well. <laughs> yes, believe, and I think Twitter. it's Peak Vancouver. Yes. I think it's The Peak on Twitter. But we didn't get that for Instagram or no. vice versa. No, it's sort of like my Twitter and Instagram. I have an underscore for my Twitter. Mm. But then I didn't want to do that on Instagram for reasons mm-hmm. which were dumb at the time, but I should have stayed consistent. Oh. Then it's just Jeremy Big on Instagram. Yeah. Confusing. Yeah. My own fault. Same with this radio station. All right, goodbye. <laughs> okay, see ya. Nothing can kill the grimace. All right, we're done here.